Pod Tackler, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast presents episode 827, The Silver in the Rough, recorded live on July 14th, 2022. Hello everyone, welcome to Podtacular, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Duststorm. I am your other co-host, Godzilla T. And we are going to be talking about the Halo TV series, finally, after it's been out for about a month or so after its uh, final episode release. Lots to talk about, uh, lots of differences that are not part of the game, as far as canon goes. But we'll be talking about that. There's also a few different Waypoint articles. We actually have a couple of interesting things coming out for the Master Chief Collection around mods. There's a new format to community content that Roof for 3 is highlighting. I'll go over that as well. So we got quite a few things to talk about. But as we always do, let's go ahead and jump on into our community recap with GT and how he did for our past Dragon Fridays. There you go. I had a lot of fun. Missed you last week. Yeah, I know. Hopped on at least for Thursday. Not really, but I have to say that. Well, I'll be around tomorrow. So No, we had a lot of fun. We've been playing Infinite. Uh, Very good. It's certain game types getting tired of. but I can see that, yeah. Um, no, I had a lot of fun. Uh, actually, for once, I didn't go all tilted. That's good. I actually had fun. Very good. Was there a lot of BTB stuff, or did you have a small enough party where you just did some arena type stuff? Well, we got into BTB. Okay. We got into BTB. We were probably in BTB for about half the night. Very good. We didn't crash anybody's Xbox with invites, unfortunately. (laughs) Tried, but didn't work. We we tried to do that to Comfell on Thursday. Uh Uh-huh. We tried. I think it was 40-something invites from Bobby or something like that. I I don't remember, but... Yeah. Well, very nice. I'm still recovering from... Well, talked about this on our Thursday stream last week when we were just playing games on Infinite, but uh, we didn't have a podcast last week because I was recovering from the network rebuild that I had to do for my church, not going as planned. About So, yeah. did you finally get it all taken care of? It's not all taken care of. It's mostly taken care of. There are still some things that are not working, things that should be working that are unexplainably not working, and there's a couple of roll-down effects that we still haven't been able to figure out yet, but mm. about 90% of it is functioning as it's supposed to. So, Oh, yeah. to recap, for those of you that have been attending the live streams, you will see that this computer right back here contains my new 3070 mm-hmm. that I did finally actually get. The, the one that did. did <laughs> no, no, not the first one. I had to order another <laughs> one. Okay. That was $100 more than the one that I was going to buy. That somehow went to a different state. No, city. Oh, a different right state. state. Different city. So, and then, was it yesterday? I'm browsing, you know, some of the tech channels that I follow. 
And apparently NVIDIA's in the process of slashing all the prices for their upper end cards. Their which cards? Their upper end cards. Oh. 3080s, 3090s, 3090Ti's. Like you can get a 3090Ti right now for like 1200 bucks. Yeah, but what's the power build that's going to be running that sucker? <laughs> uh, it's funny you should mention that. I can't run my gaming rig and my desktop off the same battery bank. <laughs> Did you have to upgrade that? No, I I've just have to move. I'm going to move it to a se- different, a separate one. You might want to make sure there's not, your stuff's not running on a 15 amp or make sure it's running on a 20 amp breaker. <laughs> well, that's, that's the next thing I have to determine is how many amps I'm actually pulling. Cause this whole room is on one circuit. It's okay. a duplex. Hmm. It's cheap as possible. So this whole room is on one breaker and I pulled up cause I fired up the machine and I just ran a benchmark just to kind of see what was going on. And all of a sudden my UPS starts screaming. So I pull up the software to see why it's screaming and it's a 600 watt UPS. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I figured 600 watt for what I've got here works just fine. Yeah. And Normally it does. Gives you a few minutes for everything to shut down gracefully. Yeah. Well, it, it with the current load on this, it gives me about five minutes to shut everything down, which that's enough. And the main reason I run it is for the brief interrupts that happen every once in a while. So the computer just doesn't turn off. Yeah. If you're running nice, expensive IT hardware, you have one. <laughs> you just yeah. have one. Anyway, well, I've, I'm actually slowly adding multiples around the house. There is going to be, I've got one on my entertainment center in the living room. Uh, I don't have it on the UPS yet. Uh, I need to buy replacement batteries for it. Beside the point, the, the point of this whole conversation is, so my current UPS up here has a maximum draw of 608 or 600 watts. My current rig, as it sets, what's sitting right in front of me, pulls 325. That system behind me, that is motherboard, CPU, and graphics card, pulls 375 watts. So you're pulling 1,000 watts of power on the 600 watt ups? Well, 800, but anyway. But you said 300 plus 325 plus 375. No. 325 for my main rig. Uh-huh. Plus 375. For your streaming PC? So about For my streaming PC and the gaming PC, we're right at 700 watts. The funny thing is that gaming PC, which is just the motherboard, processor, and graphics card, pulls more power than all my other stuff. Keep in mind, I have my streaming PC. I have four monitors hooked to it, or four monitors plugged into the UPS, plus you know all the peripherals, the you know you know your microphone, keyboard, my, stream deck, keyboard, network you know, switch. All this anyway. The monitors by themselves pull almost a hundred watts. 
Wow. Almost. It's like 85 or something like that. But anyway, and I have my laptop set up here too. It doesn't pull quite that much, but the amount of I've got hooked up to this, <laughs> 325 watts. The lack of stuff I got hooked to that, 375 watts. Uh, these 30 series cards are hungry. They really are. If people on the stream wonder what I'm doing, I'm looking at my ups to see what my current power draw is. Um, it's enough that I will be adding an air conditioner as soon as I get that 3070 in my streaming rig so I can use RTX voice to block that out because this thing gets really warm. This is just my main rig, my two monitors here, and other miscellaneous power things. I'm drawing 530 watts off of my ups right now. That, yeah. that doesn't include... <laughs> well, okay, that does include the Xbox. It doesn't include <coughs> the... Oh, no, that, okay, that does include my stream. So that's my streaming PC, my main rig, my monitors. It does not include s some stuff over here. Like, I have a computer for my church work. Yeah. The monitors actually might not be on there, too. But, yeah, I'm definitely easily pulling 700 watts just from my setup here. <laughs> Yeah, on this on this battery backup specifically, I'm pulling 540 watts right now. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I have I have an air conditioner that I bought for in here, but I can't use it while I'm streaming because you can't hear me. I can't get the air conditioner far enough away from me to where you can't the microphone doesn't pick it up, and no matter what I do with the microphone, it still picks it up. Yeah. So I'm hoping with the RTX voice stuff. That I can actually bring in a supplementary air conditioner in here and actually be able to sit in front of my computer comfortably. Cause I mean, just sitting here right now, it's warm. Yeah. It's warm around here too. Summer. It's miserable. you might notice that I'm starting to glisten <laughs> enough about computer stuff. <laughs> Anyways, who has the tangent on the bingo card? So yeah, uh, because of all the, Network stuff, I have not had a chance to do Achieving Halo because I've been fixing network stuff, which is kind of important for people to do their jobs. But we should be back to doing that next week. So, moving on to some Halo stuff, we've got quite a few new articles to talk about. We've got a community spotlight that came out last week um, while we didn't have a podcast. Mm -hmm. Lots of really cool things in here. A few different um, things that we're not used to seeing. I see a lot more kind of video type things in this one as far as a couple of uh, fan art like time lamp la time lapse things some kind of fan made story related things video wise but then there's a whole bunch of cool renders and drawings as well so again really nice community spotlight it's a lot more succinct and compact thank you Hrispus. no offense to you Sam for I mean, you, you found great stuff, but <laughs> this is a little bit more bite-sized <laughs> compared to just the troves of community content. Well, yeah, there's... Yeah. It's hard to just pick. It I is. Mean, it really is. There's so much content that gets generated from the community every and, yeah, week. And it's all great content. Yeah. It's just And you, you want to showcase it all. You just... How do you? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Thank you, Pens. Pens being the official... Uh, linker in the Twitch chat. Appreciate it. Confell says you're sparkling, GT. 
I yes. I liked the Master Chief being. I want to not sparkle. I like the Master Chief being from Fall Guys. Yeah. Putting it in the Halo Two poster style. Every Halo streamer was streaming Fall Guys once the Halo, the Halo Master Chief skin came out. Granted, I thought about doing that too, but I haven't had a chance to really get on and uh, stream much lately. I don't own the game, so I might do that. It's free now. With the release of this, they Epic made it free, so it's free now on the Epic Store. Okay, I don't have the game installed, and probably won't get installed. Uh, you know, honestly, I barely have the time to play. You know, the two games that I play now, right? <laughs> Halo MCC and Halo Infinite. Yeah, I just oh, and Destiny. Honestly, here lately, the only time I've been able to play is Friday nights. Yeah, I get that. I just been so busy on the weekends trying to recover from work and, you know, do housework and maintain vehicles that I just, I get into that and I just don't have the energy to go game. Yeah, I get that. I really do. It's been a, it it's been a struggle. So far I've got. But so far, I've got 11 hours of overtime this week. That's a lot. Yeah. My dogs are barking. <laughs> oh, no. Grey Wolf FX made a little appearance in here. I didn't recognize any other artists in here uh, specifically. But shout out to Grey Wolf for his contribution to community artwork. And just a little bit of an update on what community spotlight content is going to be looking like. Uh, Haruspis let us know that there are going to be a rotation uh, of bi-weekly content. It's going to be the What You Know Now, the Halo Spotlight. Shortly, it's going to be a little bit shorter than it is now. There's going to be a community quarter, corner, which the first one actually came today, and it debuts Ubernick. So there's a little bit of an interview of Ubernick on Halo Waypoint. Um, we've obviously had him on the show, so we've been able to get a little bit of a early scoop into that. But if you haven't mm-hmm. listened to that or listened to the time when he was on the podcast and wanted to just get a little bit more info than Helen over there, they talk a little bit about his gamers outreach charity stream where he dressed up as Cortanik as one of his stretch goals for the fundraiser and a few other little tidbits on there. So it's an interesting read. Ubernick is definitely a good choice. I think a good starter, good solid starter on on that mm-hmm. on that thing. And then the next one is going to be Spotlight Evolved, which is going to focus on different aspects of the Halo franchise and its connections with different communities. So, not entirely sure what that is going to entail, but we will find out in a couple weeks. Or here, on, I'm sure, or here on the podcast, uh, three weeks because we'll have a podcast next week and then the following week. I will be on a missions trip, so I will not be here for a podcast. We'll have next week, and we'll off again, and then we'll be back on until Labor Day weekend, in which case I'll be at PAX, so I will not be here for a podcast. I don't know if we'll... I'll probably do a podcast with some other Halo folks while we're in Seattle for PAX, but as far as a live stream on Thursday, I'll leave it up to GT for that one if he decides to stream for games that night or not. We'll see. Yep, that's the upcoming schedule for the the next few weeks, and we'll see our next Halo Spotlight article in a couple weeks. 
we've got a new little effort that's been undergoing on Halo the Master Chief Collection for Halo CE and Halo 2 as well. Wouldn't exactly call this a little effort. Eh, it, it's, it's not. Uh, it's def- definitely pretty big, but there's a three-part article series, which the first two parts are out currently, called uh, Cutting Room. These are efforts uh, forwarded up by uh, some folks at 343, uh, namely Kenneth Peters, who uh, has done work on MCC and has actually worked with the community to start a little group who's going in, diving into old assets, whether they're unused, unfinished, were in older builds of the game that didn't make it to retail, and starting to work through some of the things to bring them back to life or get them reintroduced into modding tools. They're not looking to necessarily add these to the retail version of MCC, but they're looking to add them into the different editing toolkits that come now with the mod tools in Steam. So there's a whole bunch of different assets that they've been looking at, all the way back from archives of builds that they got from the handoff from Bungie. And there's a whole slew of a treasure trove of information on what they're looking at, things that they're looking forward to making work again, and really just the overall effort to that they're going and pulling these things. So it's cool to see the that the studio is working with the community because obviously they're focusing more on trying to get new content into Halo Infinite and... Well, yeah, just to kind of give you an idea of what they're what they're working on, they're actively working on trying to get the Halo 2 demo playable. The Earth City one, yep. That that's just as that's just was, one of many things. As it Yeah. As it was when it was shown on stage. Yep. Which you know, as of was it 2 years ago? Somebody came across an old Xbox that had a copy of it on there. Yeah, three four three uh, did three four three three four three did a live stream of it. Yep, and you saw how temperamental it was. Yep. So you know, just things like that, you know, forgotten weapons that were literally just taken out of the game. The microwave gun. I know that's a the microwave gun. That's a favorite the in the gravity gun. Yep. Yeah. The old models from the RTS games; mm-hmm. those are those are things that they're looking to bring in. Old vehicles that that never made it. Old texture packs, old tags. Uh, there's even a, a picture of the from the the one demo of the Nvidia graphics card. <laughs> they mm-hmm. found that asset somewhere. So the f- I always found that absolutely hilarious, At, you know, because. You have to remember, I didn't get Halo CE probably, well, the PC version, until probably Reach had actually come out. Hmm. Just to give you a kind of a timeline. Because that was probably the soonest that I had a computer that was capable of running the PC version of Halo, which is really sad. <laughs> Just to let you know. <laughs> anyway. You know, that's that's the first time I actually had a PC that had, you know, that had a, well, it was this box right behind me is what it was. Hmm. That's the first time I actually was able to play Halo CE 
And at that time, I was running a AMD graphics card. Okay. Seventy eight hundred, I think it was, or something like that. Where you know nowadays, yeah, it'll run something like that, but it won't even touch any of these newer games. I tried it for giggles. <laughs> oh no. Okay. So the first article is called "Cutting Room Floor." So they go through all the content of or at least a high level of some of the content that they're pulling in, pulling in. Uh, lots of cool callbacks as well. And then the second article mm-hmm. is called Cutting Room Corpse, and that's where we get introduced to what they're calling the Dig Site team. That's the team that, on the community side, is working together to bring all these assets into the editing toolkits. And there are some very familiar names. If you are in the modding scene, you will know a few, if not all, these names. But it comprises of General 101, Conscars, or known as Con, Nums005, Scruffy, Shanti, Ludus, and Zedekins. Recognize General and Zedekins. I don't recognize the other ones, but they are kind of the community team working with 343 to bring all these assets to life, whether they were incomplete or just completely cut and they just need some things added or patched in to make them work with the editing kits. They're going into great lengths to pull all this content in. Be really interesting to see this content. I'm interested to see what people do with it. Mm-hmm. Something about the Halo Waypoint website for the article. About the bingo cards? Maybe. I'll let you figure that one out, Pins. On the corpse one, there's also a little interview with each person, what their background is, what specifically they're doing as part of the dig site team. Or different assets are they most interested in bringing back and resurrecting or getting their hands on? What games were most inspiring to them? So if you want to learn about the efforts the individuals of the DigSite team are doing, you can do that. There's also, if you go through that article, there's some YouTube videos on there. So that whole team has their own YouTube channel. So if you want to go and check out some of the other little behind-the-scenes th- behind stuff that they're working on, then... You can click on one of those videos, subscribe to the channel. It's called Dixite Crew. I'm not sure if you search Dixite Crew, if it'll come up right away. But um, that is what the group is called, Dixite Crew. So a lot of cool stuff there. And then we've also got a little preview of the upcoming novel by Kelly Gay, The Rubicon Protocol. There is a... Part one of three. Part one of three. There is a 20-minute preview. And there's also the text... I'm. I don't know. If, is this the whole first chapter? I mean, it's pretty. I don't know. It doesn't it's seem long enough. Long. It doesn't seem long enough. I mean, it could be. It's pretty long, but. Halo uh, chapters don't necessarily follow the same length. It, it, they can vary yeah. from book to book. So it could be the entire first chapter. We don't know. It's got me interested to, as to what part two and part three is. Yeah. But this is supposed to help fill in some of the gaps between when the Unicy arrived at Zeta Halo and the events of Halo Infinite, which will be kind of cool. Yeah. And judging from what they've posted so far, yeah. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to read it or listen to it, but it looks interesting. That's up there. And I believe that's all the Halo Waypoint specific content that we have. Over on the Halo Twitter and some other things, some other things, there's a new Dark Horse figure that they are releasing. One of the um, 
the Spartan models from Halo Infinite. I'm trying to pull it up because I forget what it's called. But my computer is acting ridiculously slow. Uh, I'll find it in a second. Anyways, there's also the next week of Alpha Pack, which starts next week on the 19th. So that's continuing on more Season 2 content. And the Dark Horse comic is the um, Spartan Yorai, Y-O-R-O-I, Yorai, from the Tenrai event. So that is a figure that you can uh, get from Dark Horse Comics, or it'll be available at retailers. There's also a um, Spartan Chrome Mage statue with the optional Yokai helmet. So they're, they're pumping up some models from the game for Dark Horse. I'm honestly probably not going to get them because I'm not a huge fan of the armors in Infinite, personally, but it's there. And I think that's pretty much all the Halo-specific content. Unless there's anything else that you think I missed, GT? Uh, nothing that I know of. Okay. Well, then, let's move on to our main topic, which is going to be talking about the Halo TV show. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention before we head into our discussion about the Halo TV show is there was a stream today put on by 343 showing off the Halo Infinite co-op for a campaign. That's supposed to be coming to Insiders. They said it was supposed to be sometime this week. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they pushed that into next week, but we should be getting flighting for co-op campaign pretty soon. If you have your Inside, Halo Insider profile up to date and everything, then I don't know what the outreach of this is going to be, but hey, that's coming down the pipe. So if you've got some friends that you wanted to try co-op with, then this is your opportunity to try it. I'm guessing there's only going to be certain missions that you could probably play or up to a certain point, maybe. I'm not entirely sure what the full scope of it's going to be, but hey, this is a chance for you to get in, give it a try, kind of shake things down with 343, let them know if you find anything, and make the co-op experience even that much better. So that should be fun. Mm -hmm. Now we can get on and talk about the Halo TV show. So just initial kind of disclaimer out there. Obviously, if you haven't seen it, we're going to be talking spoiler stuff. Spoiler alert! (laughs) We're not going to be diving through all the nitty gritty things about story and whatnot. This is just kind of our overall takes on some different key parts of the Halo TV show. So we'll obviously talk about the differences between canon and the silver timeline. We'll talk about how we feel their portrayal of the universe was in the story, maybe some more of the technical aspects of it and what we just thought of the story as its own thing. Cause this mm-hmm. is really, it's, it's its own thing. This is in my opinion, a pretty big departure from the canon lore to the silver timeline. They're vastly, they use, utilize the same mechanics, but there are vast differences in narrative timeline between <laughs> silver timeline and the game. And before we get started, one thing that everybody needs to remember, yes, it does not follow the established lore. It hints at it, but they're also, it's targeted to a much broader 
audience than just Halo fans. I think a good analogy, and I don't remember if it was you that said this or someone else that said this, but the analogy of Star Trek as far as the kind of, I would say the main canon versus what they did with like the new movies. Mm -hmm. The new movies is almost like what they did with the silver timeline. I mean, there's, there's technically a link to the other timeline in Star Trek because of like time travel stuff, whatever. But I think of the difference of like, if you take the original series and what the movies are, that's kind of the difference between the two. Same characters, same mechanics around the universe, but story and experiences of the characters, the way timeline, timeline events come up and are laid out drastically different. Mm Mm-hmm. Not the same. So when uh, when watching this, keep that in mind. Yeah. If, if you go into it thinking that, oh, this is supposed to be like Halo, it's not. It, it, plain and simple, it's not. Although I have, I have to admit, now as far as they did diverge from the established canon, they did a good job of paying homage to the established lore. Not letter for letter. But I think they did a pretty good job of getting people to maybe want to learn more about the universe as far as a whole. Maybe not play the games, maybe not read the books, but maybe one or the other. There were choices made in the show that I'm not exactly sure the show needed. Like? Well, the whole sex scene thing, I just... I don't think that whole situation needed to be there. Just to clarify, it wasn't the full on yeah, like, no, sex we didn't scene. It was like it was just implied. It was implied. There's some bare it skin, just, but I just don't think that was necessary to advance the plot. The way they wrote it it was, but they they could have done that in a different way. I could see that a little bit. I mean, I know with the way the story was going, yes, it fit in, but I don't think with a little bit of rewriting, they could have skipped that and it would have been fine. So I wonder a little bit if I almost think it's kind of one of those for lack of better words, tropes of like, okay, if you really want to get a general audience hooked in, there's, there's going to be those kinds of scenes. I mean, people are suckers for it with other TV shows. So it's like, I just, no, it's not necessary, but it's kind of like, okay, there are lots of TV shows out there that leave that kind of stuff out. There's lots of TV shows that are, go a lot further into that kind of stuff. I'm just, yeah. Was it needed? No. Was it distasteful? Not quite. I just didn't think it. To me, it was just really distracting from the story that they were telling. To me, that's my personal opinion. You guys, whatever you think. Okay, fine. It's just that. And that's really about the only issue I've had uh, that I had with the whole series. Me and my wife sat down. We watched the whole series. Now, you know, of course, my wife being my wife, we've talked about Halo. But she's not into it like I am. 
you know, she doesn't read the books. She'll listen to the books. You know, if we're traveling, I usually put on an audio book instead of listening to the radio because I never can find anything I want to wa- listen to anyway. Spotify. Oh, even on Spotify or Amazon Music or like the Spotify curated just, music doesn't really. Wow. Well, the sucks. problem is, is I'm not going to pay for it. So oh, I'm on the free yeah. tier. So yeah, okay. there's a very limited amount of songs that to play on the free tier, which means you get wrote, you get duplicates or triplicates. You know, when you're on a 10 hour trip, you're going to hear the same, same song a couple of times, but I can throw an audiobook on. And yes, I've listened to the audiobook. I couldn't tell you how many times I've listened to these audiobooks. It's probably north of 50 per book. Wow. Need, need to be going for him to all the lore stuff. I just, I have been disillusioned with radio for a long time now. I just, I'm tired of the DJs. I'm tired of the same songs over and over and over and over and over and over again. It's kind of like, you know, putting YouTube on autoplay. Yeah. You wind up with the hour and a half tomato commercial on how they're good for you. (laughs) Fair point. People think I'm joking. It's not. It's an hour and a half long commercial commercial i don't think it's a commercial at that point it's a it's a show of some kind (laughs) if i wanted to learn about tomatoes i would have clicked on the video i don't want it interrupting the video that i clicked on anyway and they wonder why people don't you know they install ad blockers for youtube anyway gotta make their money to keep it free somehow i'll watch 30 second ads i don't have a problem with that a minute 90 minutes? No. I don't think that's an ad. I think that was just a video that you went, that it auto-played no. to. <laughs> I no, can't it be literally cut in the middle of the video. Just like it plays an ad. I was what, this is when I, I this is when I was at work. They were letting us run, uh, play YouTube in the background for the customers and, you know, have some background noise. So I basically set up I think your computer glitched. I set up the autoplay and, you know, I kept the keyboard near me just in case it picked something that wasn't appropriate for work. But yeah, I'm literally in the middle of watching a video and it cuts to an ad and it's this freaking ad. I think YouTube had a a mess up. (laughs) Something that came up as an ad that wasn't supposed to be an ad. Anyways. Yeah. And then it's about, you know, I skipped the ad and an hour later, guess what? The same damn ad showed up. And then mysteriously an ad blocker got installed on the work computer. So, yeah, there's definitely, I mean, I think for each story, there's kind of some of those pieces like, do you really need this piece? Mm -hmm. I think those kinds of scenes are kind of controversial i don't think it was done in poor taste i think it was still it made sense to the storyline that they were going with. yeah i'm not saying it was poor taste i just i just didn't think it was needed um i kind of liked what they did with john sorta i mean they pretty much blew the the established canon away oh yeah when it came came to 
John's background. About the only thing that stayed the same was the fact that he was kidnapped. Everything else changed. Yep. The whole, you know, they really played at the beginning, the whole machine part of John's personality, which, you know, they've, they've drummed up in the games as well. You know, are you a machine or are you human? You know, that's come up before, but Mm -hmm. they took it to a new level this time. And in this series, John goes through and he's rediscovering his humanity. It, I think it played very well. The whole artifact thing was kind of a neat twist or a plot for the story. It was. It took out the whole mystery of randomly jumping to a Halo in the games and mm-hmm. basically making it a... No, Halo is known, and these artifacts are, like, that was the main driver for the storyline, which kind of made sense. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, most of the CG was done very well. It looked it was. very believable. I have one gripe about the CG. Mm-hmm. Only one that sticks out to me for the moment. For the Cortana hologram, she just popped up everywhere. There was no, like, hollow projector. Yeah. Any of that I kind just, of stuff is like, you can't just apparate out of thin air. <laughs> well, I mean, it actually is a, it's a stab. Now, this is confined to UNSC ships and or facilities. That makes sense. There is precedent in the books for that happening. Yes, there is. But outside of those... But out in, I don't know, did, did she ever appear when they were outside? Only whenever she was put her. on a pedestal, like on the Halo installation, or when there was the little, her little version of No, I meant hand. in the series. Oh, yeah. At the very last episode, when she appeared out in the open of the, before she took over John. Hmm, I don't remember that. Yeah, at the very end, when Chief passed out or died or whatever happened and she took over. She appeared there and then she also appeared at the um, while they were at that's all right. Very Dennis too. Yeah. Yeah. The dig site. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the facilities totally able to do that. It's within it's been established, but yeah, in out in the open with no visible projector. Now, granted, it could have been built into the suit. We've seen that Cortana can appear from the suit in the established canon. But it's, she's, you know, four inches tall. Right. Not life-size. Yeah. So that was kind of the one thing of, like, they did really not think that part through, did they? So, other than that, I agree. All the visual effects were done. I loved the star map the end when they had the artifacts mm-hmm. starting pro- to project that it's like oh that's an interesting way to kind of shoehorn like Janus key type stuff yeah into really the only the real problem I had with the graphics was that opening fight where they go first person and the chief shoots the elite in the face with the magnum I just it just looks <laughs> weird Kind of like the teeth and infinite. It just, 
it was it was a bit jarring also to go from first person view to the actors running to the CG running. It's like, okay, yeah. these are all obviously different pieces. And like the AR that he's holding in the first person shot is different than the AR that he's holding when it's the real action running, which is different yeah. than the AR in the CG shot. There were some inconsistencies, yes. Yeah. And I mean, it's a TV show. There's those kinds of inconsistencies across. But any honestly, kind of show. that kind of stuff didn't really distract me. I mean, I noticed it, but it was like, eh. Yeah. You know, I, because I was focused on the story. Sure. I wasn't breaking down every millimeter of film to find differences. Because they did a good job of getting me into the story. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the important part when it comes to TV shows. Yeah. You get people into the story, get them vested into the characters, and then you know, little stuff like that doesn't mean as much. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it, the only reason that stands out is just to me, it looks really weird. You know, I'd say disturbing, but it's not even that. It's just, it's like they didn't quite get the colors right or something. You know, the motion blur was off or it just didn't look real. Hmm. I wonder if that's just because it's kind of alien to begin with. Well, no, I mean, all, all the other first person shots in the. In the oh, so just with that one, it's just that shot. But all the other first person shots look great. I mean, everything blends into the background. It doesn't stand out. It it appears like it is actually happening. Maybe that's that was kind of their early take on it. So the later shots got a little bit more TLC than the first shots. Yeah, I. It's possible that, granted, with new production, new assets, you learn as you are implementing these assets to make them look better. And I did notice that the CG did improve through the show. It did. Yeah. Uh, Anything else technically? It it did seem... Like they kind of reuse some sets, maybe a little too much, kind of in the middle. It just, some yeah, some of the that se- never happens in a Halo game. <laughs> some of the scenes just felt repetitive, as far as the environment that they were around, and it could have been. Well, I mean, you know, a sizable chunk of it was a sizable chunk of the show was you know on reach. Yeah, in the base. So, I mean, that's where all the action is happening. So, yeah, I can see where there's a lot of repetitive. It's just the way things are. Uh, it wasn't like they were traveling, you know, you know, every 20 seconds they were going to a new location. True. It, Yeah. I, it, it was just something that just felt a little off to me that some of the things just felt more in the middle, just kind of repetitive in the same spaces. Mm-hmm. But... Other than that, I think visually everything was good. From a technical perspective, I think it's on par with other TV shows of of this genre. There's probably little nuances here and there that just because we've seen Halo in game, it's obviously different than Mm -hmm. kind of morphing it to real life. So that there's kind of that contrast a little bit, which I think you're just going to get. But other than that, I think technically it was fine. We'll talk about characters. 
Sure. I think all the actors were great. The only one that felt kind of a little weird was Perengoski to me. I was I was about to say that it seems like Perengoski had no teeth the way she was written. <laughs> I it mean, just this doesn't is match Sinconi. She is the one that is feared by everyone. Yeah, and I didn't and get that vibe. Just, yeah. And it wasn't the actor's fault, it's the way the character was written. Yeah. Like very it's, muffled and very just deadpan face and like I'm well, very serious and you better do what I tell you to do. It wasn't even so much that. It was the cowing to Dr. Halsey. You know, Dr. Halsey threatens Parangoski and Parangoski's well, okay. You know, like no. That's not Perengoski. Perengoski is like Perengoski cuts your freaking parts off and feeds them to you. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that was the only real problem I had with the characters as a whole. Same. She just didn't have that venom like she does in the books. Agreed. And which, you know, that is a really missed opportunity. Yeah, like the Perengoski in the TV show didn't really strike the fear that you get from the books. Like this is, this is Cinconi. This is the person that can ruin your day. And I never got that evil feel feeling feeling like I do when I read the books, you know, where this woman will do whatever it takes to accomplish her agenda, whatever that agenda is, you know, same with Sarah and Osmond. She will do whatever it takes to get the job done, whether it's moral or not. And, you know, they put a lot of that on Halsey, which don't get me wrong in the regular canon. She's very, she's the same way. She'll do whatever she can do to, she'll do whatever. Well, she'll do anything she needs to, whether she can get away with it or not. Yeah. Halsey was fine. The Spartans were fine. Cortana was good. Keys was good. Miranda was the different take of Miranda was interesting. Mm-hmm. It felt like they couldn't really figure out if she was part of the military or if she was a doctor. Like there was that kind of like in between state of, okay, she's supposed to be a researcher and a doctor, but she's also kind of involved politically and like didn't seem like, well, I think that part of it comes from being Captain Key's daughter. Okay, I could see that. Yes, she was enlisted. She was an officer in the UNSC. But I think a lot of the inclusion on that, the military side, came from Keys. Okay. I could, I could see that, I guess. You know, the fact that she, he was actively goading Miranda into competing with Halsey. Yeah, that was definitely a different storyline. <laughs> it wasn't a bad storyline. I mean, no. he did a good job of setting Miranda up to take over Dr. Halsey's position. We'll say one thing. I I sh- should have seen this coming, but I didn't. The Flash clone of Halsey at the very end. Oh, I totally missed that one. I did I, I did didn't not see that coming until they revealed revealed it on the show. I I did not uh, catch catch it that I I did not see it coming that Halsey would have thought to have a flash clone captured. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, they but let up sense. that she was up to something, but I didn't know that it was that. I thought it had something to do with Cortana. Well, that's kind of what it was alluded to for a while. Uh, no, there was a second second thing she was up to. I just thought it was related to what she was doing with Cortana. I didn't realize it was something separate. You got to pay attention to catch it. Second, thing I went back through to- and watched it again, and it's when she's talking to her assistant, whatever his name is. Oh, there's just a there's just a line in there that makes it. He makes you go, huh? Oh. Yeah, I didn't catch it. I've only watched it once and mm-hmm. only have two like days, said, I, three days left on this trial. <laughs> yeah, I uh I, I I watched it I watched <laughs> Mr. That, Creepy Man number one, Bobby. <laughs> yeah. He was a little different. We'll say it that way. Yeah, the whole <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he he was kind of like the creepy assistant, like Yes, Halsey, whatever you want, Halsey. I'll do whatever you ask, Halsey, <laughs> type thing. Igor, too. Uh, Pretty anyway. much, yeah. Yes, master. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> the Cortana at the very end, I was waiting for that moment. Well, not the very, very end. Uh, but when she betrays Halsey, I was waiting from that point from when she first appeared to see her grow during the show. Mm-hmm. You saw it pretty and, early on, but yeah. Well, I mean, for the first couple of episodes, she was by the books doing what she was told by Halsey. And then you start to see her question, not outwardly, but question what Hull is Halsey's trying to get her to do. Yeah. You know, because she's she's finding her own humanity, even though she is a hologram. I thought it was interesting that the little disc was like directly implanted into John. Yeah, I don't versus the, the chip. The yeah, I was kinda hoping they go for the whole chip thing because Yeah. Uh, just, difference artistic license yeah it, it's just a different the ai process is just not the same plain and simple yeah instead of using the suit to house cortana they actually implanted him in implanted her in his brain yeah so every time halsey's talking to or cortana's talking to anyone but john she's basically reaching out to the network and then projecting out that way like she lives in john yeah through, through that whole time. Although I like I like AI off. <laughs> and John's trying to do everything to shut her up. I thought it was weird too that the emotion suppression pill was at the bottom of their spine. Well, you know, they had to get that cheek shot. It, it makes no physiological sense. That was another head scratcher. It's like that makes no sense to put it there. Well, I mean, it's at the, it's attached to the spinal cord, so or it's near the spinal cord. But yes, you would think that would be but in the back that, of their head. That's all pain and motor. That's not emotions, which is all up. Well, I mean, the signals go both ways. Yeah, but they don't interact that way. That's not how. Not now. Neuro- that's not how neurology works. That's just biology, though. As we know it now. Yeah, I'm, 
Right, confound. Neck know, would have made I've more sense. I've got a plasma rifle in my back pocket too, so. <laughs> it, it just biologically Just to give sense. you an idea, I have no back pockets. I'm in my shorts. <laughs> so your shorts are the pocket. Yeah, no. Well, they're <laughs> holding stuff, but. Yeah, I thought the progression for Cortana was interesting. The progression of Chief and also Kai coming to terms with what they've basically missed out feeling-wise from having that suppression in there. Mm-hmm. And you kind of... You know, that's a difference between the established canon and the TV series. The emotions weren't so much suppressed by a device in the Spartans. It was done through treatments and genetic modification. Like, you know, you can see Chief has emotions. Like, it's in Halo 4. Like, yeah. they, they weren't all out removed, but yeah. It's a, like, a, a lot of the differences between the Silver Timeline and the game were for driving narrative, which which makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the story itself uh, is a great story. Yeah, I I actually enjoyed the entire series. Yes, I could sit here and nitpick the thing to death <laughs> and tell you, no, it's not a Halo story. It's a Halo story, just not the one we're used to. It's a different. Think, it's a different story. That's yeah. not. That's not supposed to be part of canon. It's just not. And I th- now the fact that I think they did a really good job with it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I think the part that they were true to was the mechanics of the universe and the char- some of the characters and how they're kind of built up and portrayed, like some of the foundations of what hold it kind of defines the Halo universe were there. But mm-hmm. I think the claim that some th- folks at three for three have made that they've tried to tie back into Canon. A lot of things isn't really an accurate statement. I think they tried to pull in some influences, but to say that the chief in the show is the same chief in the games, not at all. The only thing they have in com- common is they're seven foot tall. They wear armor, armor and they're called master chief. And they're kidnapped and, and they're a Spartan. But that's about it. But, you know, it's... Their backgrounds are different. Their augmentations are different. Their stories and motivations are different. Like, the container of Chief is the only thing that's the same. The and experience- I don't... It's not a bad... It's not a bad character. No. It's, it's, it's just... It's It's different. different than what we know, yes. Yeah. Did it make me pause while I was watching the show? Yes. Like, oh, an interesting thing, interesting way they did that. But I just, you know, I don't think it's an issue. Pins has an interesting analogy. It's Halo's version of Marvel's What If. Yeah. Makes sense. Because we know Marvel's so good at keeping track of their stories. I mean, they actually do a pretty good job. Now? Well, since they started the MCU, yeah. Yeah. Before then. In the past, no. Right. It's kind of like when Bungie had Halo, did they keep track of shit? No. (laughs) They couldn't even figure out how to write the story for Reach and make it fit. Well, that was probably some other 
issues going on there too. But uh, Pins mentioned, do you guys did you guys take it that smart AIs didn't really exist before Cortana in the TV universe? Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of the way I looked at it. There were dumb AIs, but this was the first AI of Cortana's generation that existed. Yeah, that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting that Halsey called it the Cortana initiative, like it's a the program is called Cortana. So Cortana didn't name herself. The program is called Cortana. Like the effort that Halsey has, so obviously the AI name is just given to her. Mm-hmm. That's another key difference. I think other than some of those like discrepancies, just take it as a it's just mechanics of the Halo universe with a completely different story. That's what mm-hmm. it is. And I and I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I had a few head scratching yeah. moments, a few there were a lot of interesting moments. Like I I started watching on Tuesday this week. I finished the last episode today. There were times where <laughs> yesterday night I was up to one AM because I was enticed into the series. I'm like, oh, I need to go to sleep. So it was an interesting series. It was really enjoyable to watch and they did a really good job. As long as as long as you mentally separate the canon from the silver timeline, you're fine. And they they set up season two. Yeah. The first my first dig into it, you know, I was up till midnight watching it. Yep. You know, I started at nice. about seven o'clock and I was up till midnight watching it. I paid for that the next day, but anyway. <laughs> I like how they they set up the season two stuff. I mm-hmm. it was I'm not sure how I feel about this yet, but the the fact that the the cross section what's the general daughter's name? Miranda? No, Ha Quan Ha. Oh. Quan Ha. Quan Ha. So Quan Ha's path and Chief's path like it, it felt like those two storylines, while they did intermingle technically, were kind of disparate. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of hoping for more from her story. I was hoping there would be a little bit more intertwined, like there was a eventual yeah. like merging back in, and maybe that's what season two will do. Because <laughs> spoiler, the portal on magical. I mean, and you saw the monitor in a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the flashback shot of uh, Han's dad seeing the monitor coming out of the portal. And then you also have kind of the, well, what's the status of Chief? Put finger at the very end. Yeah. Does Chief still exist or is it Cortana robot? Well, and there was the line that she had in there. She said, I don't know if I can bring you back. Yeah. So is like, Part of me is kind of wondering how how is Cortana operating? And do, like, can she not talk, or does she just just not want to talk? Because like, there, there's so many questions of like, okay, if there's that little disc in there, like, is she just controlling the the neurochemistry and then like supplying power to keep it alive? And all the like, the rest of John is dead, like no lungs, no, no heart. Like, what I no, his body is still alive. She's taken over his consciousness. So John's body is still John's body. She's basically just replaced his brain or the contents of his brain. Okay. And 
At least that's the way I read it or well, listened yeah. to it or watched it, whatever. Right. Anyway, I, I couldn't quite figure uh, out. Cause like you could like, he was obviously getting injured and it looked like he was. So like if he passed out and like he was mentally incapacitated then how does Cortana just come in and. Well, I think that's just it. He was mentally into incapacitated, not physically. So she's basically controlling the suit just the way John does by firing neurons, contracting his muscles. She's, she's become John. And that's, I think that's why she says that line is, I don't know if there's a way to bring you back after I take over. Oh, we know there's a season two. So we'll find out when that. So we ought to see that in six years. Ah, ah, ah. I think TV production works a little bit differently than game development. Just a hunch. Uh, how long have they been working on this TV show? Good point. <laughs> Very fair counterpoint. For season one? I mean, I think I mean, a lot that of that. They've got all the assets developed and they have the crew hired. They have the directors, the actors and everything. I'm sure this next season will come out relatively soon. Yeah. It's my belief, and I have no insider knowledge to verify this or not, but my guess is when they announced the TV show, they had a certain concept of what they wanted to do, but they probably went through several rounds over years of trying to figure out what formula is going to work for a TV show. They probably went through well, many things of like... formula the producer is well willing to work with. Sure. They probably wanted to make something originally that was game accurate and lore accurate. And the more they turned at it, mm-hmm. maybe the more they realized we can't do this. It doesn't fit in the TV format. We have to change it to something else. And there could have been many back and forth discussions with Microsoft executives, 343 mm-hmm. folks and different the different studios involved. Like, it's it's not something where you have another TV show. It's like, this is the, the ground idea and you just kind of go off with it. This is you're taking an established franchise and you're trying to morph it into something that'll be generally consumable by people. And obviously Paramount or Showtime, they want to make sure that they're going to get their money's worth on it. So they need to make it something that the average viewer can consume. And you have to, well, yeah. d- when you have start, to ta- start talking about a brand new TV show. You have to bring in more than the, the established fan base. They just don't have money there. And we've seen how well video game adaptations into film and TV have gone. And the fact that this Not one actually... Not very many of them do very well. They've gotten better. Recent years, they've gotten a lot better. And... Well, yeah, they have. Ready Player One? Great movie. Free Guy? Free Guy? Great movie. I've heard the Uncharted... Final the- Fan... What was that? What was that one they did? Final Fantasy... It was Final Fantasy Seven, something. probably. So they turned that into a movie, and it was kind of, eh? I mean, the visuals in it were awesome, but it just, the story was, eh? Just didn't fit. There's the Uncharted movies, which I'm curious. I haven't watched any of those, so I can't tell you. But they, they slowly have gotten better over the, the yes. recent years. I think for the delay yes, in the, the TV spirit sh- within that's what it was. Mm. I think for the the TV show for the time it came out 
and everything going on with probably the discussions beforehand, it it kind of I can see why it took eight years, ten years. I would I would love to be a fly on the wall in these meetings just to see what was going on. Not they so MCC came out twenty fourteen. Did they announce MCC twenty fourteen or twenty thirteen? So they announced a TV show when MCC was announced. Mm. Looking it up. And if you want to count it on the bingo card as I get a fact wrong, then sure. <laughs> no, I don't want it released. I want when was it announced? So it was released in twenty fourteen. Twenty thirteen is when it when it was originally announced. Wow. With a twenty fifteen showtime release. With Steven Spielberg at the helm. So it's been nine years since it was announced. Yeah. So there were lots of discussions going on. Mm -hmm. And it paid off, I think. I think they did a good job. Yeah. Now, I'm definitely excited for season two. You'll find a hundred people saying it was crap. Whatever. That's their opinion. I now that I've watched. I enjoyed it. Now that I've watched the series, uh, Installation Zero Zero has been doing a comparison between Silver and Canon, and he's a pretty level-headed guy. Mm-hmm. So I know he's going to take a very logical analysis between the two. He's an engineer. That's what he does. So I'm curious to see like his analysis on comparing the two and really <laughs> going into detail on, oh, that... Because he's going to pick up a lot more, I think, than what I was able to watch in... Just my one go and my seven day trial of Paramount Plus, but the like like we've been saying the whole time, they're just different. They're different stories. They're meant to be that way. Anything else? Tom Fell said no, first episode was awful. Story frustrating overall. After some thought, not as bad as I was expecting. Well, the one thing I've learned over the years is don't really judge a series by the first episode. Because in the first episode, they're trying to do a lot. They're trying to get you up to speed with the story, with the characters, and they tend to be not very coherent. Some shows do better than others, but it was good enough. It got me interested to to watch the second episode. I mean, yeah, you, you know, you know that it. There's so much that they have to establish in that first episode. A- after seeing. <sighs> See, this is the part where I'm not sure where the Quan Ha storyline and the Master Chief storyline really makes sense in the show. Like, I I get that's kind of where everything kind of started and they kind of kicked off their two storylines, but they kind of separated. Like, the only commonality Mm -hmm. between them is like, okay, uh, Chief just happened to be there when the Covenant attacked and the artifact was there. And, like... There are intertwinings between the characters, but how they told the story didn't intertwine them really. Well, I like think, they feel, they feel disconnected after at the yeah, end of the I series. I think the way what I was looking at was the whole thing with Quan Ha, Quan Ha, blah blah blah, blah kind of kicked off the whole Master Chief feelings thing, and I kind of wonder if that's what that character's purpose was. I mean. You know, because yeah. after, because it all, I mean, something just first, doesn't fit. He it was very machine like. 
Yeah, straight, he's straight very to the machine like he didn't you know, he didn't really care what happened to Quan after they killed all the Covenant. It was only the fact that she followed him to the dig site and he came across her after he touched the artifact where we start to see Chief's emotions start showing up. Yes. And I think she was there to kind of reinforce that emotional train to really get him feeling something yes that can change your course she she played like, the you know, she the played the catalyst tried to, yeah um the fact that you know they tried to kill her and he had a he didn't want to do that yeah cuz if he wasn't exposed to the artifact he would have done it right no i i get like i said i know they're intertwined but at the end of it Something's missing. It to mm-hmm. me. Th- to me, there's like what they started was going well, and then halfway through the series, they're completely separated. She just disappears out of the series. Yeah, and the, yeah, it's her it, own little storyline. I. It's like usually if that happens, there's some kind of joining back in the middle middle of it. Well, I you know I don't know if you know it may be something that'll come in season two. It, it it might, but that's still not one of those things that you just kind of leave out you know, there. I though. can't. Yeah, I've seen them seen leave worst out. Anyway, there's. It just feels weird. Like I there's would something like to missing. see them complete her story as well, or at least get it to a better stopping point. Yeah, it it's almost like we were follow like we were following two separate storylines that branched off from this first thing. And I just don't feel like there's enough connective tissue once they split ways that mm-hmm. really kept them together. Now, like, narratively, I get the connection. There's the portal on Matricle to, I don't know what they're going to have it, whether it be there's a Dyson Sphere inside a Matricle or if it actually is a portal to Halo or what they're going to do with that portal. And with whatever he slash Cortana is going to do with the artifact now that it's going back. I felt like the ending was kind of abrupt too. Like it was just the Condor with Chief and the other Spartans and the artifact just heading back. Mm-hmm. And like that's it. Like there's there's no final like this is what's going to happen next type of thing or any kind of the the, the cliffhanger is literally just they're heading back home. There, there's no other than the shot of the portal that we got in episode eight, wasn't even in the last episode. It's kind of just like a, <laughs> it's almost like the Halo two ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe they wanted us to feel that. It's just like, what? That's it. That's, that's where you're going to drop it. Really? That's, that's the end. It was a little weird. Um, anything else? I think that covers most of my thoughts on it. Yeah, I think we talked that about, pretty much talked about characters, we talked about timeline, technical, story development. Oh. I thought the locations overall were great. Between Reach, Magical, Aerodanus 2, the rubble. The rubble was cool to see. Mm-hmm. To see that visually depicted was and to see like how all the asteroids were connected to each other and the whole rail car system. That oh was, yeah, most definitely. That was cool. That was really cool. And the whole the whole pirate vibe with Soren 
And then like there was the Soren protocol in there. I thought that connective mm-hmm. tissue was really cool. You get to see why that's in there. There's a lot of underlying things specific to the Silver Timeline that I know I missed. I caught a few of them, but I know I missed. And I, once this gets released on Blu-ray or whatever, I'd like to go back and try to pick up on some of those details. It did kind of s- suck a little bit. I mean, it, it, narratively it's fine, but it was still a little bit of a gimmick that the only time that we saw Halo was through the lens of the artifact. Yeah. I mean, I know they have to get there, so the season was kind of us laying the foundation to get there, so I'm guessing in season two they are going to get to a Halo. So, it's like if you did season one as Reach, it's like, okay, it's not on a Halo, but it's in the Halo universe, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Like, narratively, totally get it. Just as a Halo fan, it's like, you only got we only got so many things on there. Bobby said Soren and Kai were my favorite parts of the show's story. Kai's development once she saw Chief remove his pellet and re- she removed her pellet. That that development was cool to see. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's probably it then. Overall, great story. Curious Look forward to see in season two. Same. Um, once ever this show releases on Blu-ray or whatever, I will be buying it. I had a good time with it. Can't wait to watch it with my wife at some point too. Kind of sad to see McKee die. Like I, I kind of yeah, get but it. You knew it was coming. I didn't know what was going to actually get like snapped now, them out of that. I, no, now I didn't think it was going to be Kai who shot her. See, they killed her. Yeah. I figured it was going to be the Covenant that killed her. So. Yeah. And you knew the prophets were, <laughs> were going to backstab her anyways. Well, yeah. Like, that and, came as no know, surprise. Later in the show, you they so much as said so. They still saw her as a human. Yeah, as a tool and not. Her character development was great. I really liked mm-hmm. it. Sucks we only got to see her control the hunters once. We didn't even actually get to see the hunters. We just saw the Lakolo worms. Yeah, well, and the hint at the hunter form, Ba-boom. and I thought it was just things are starting to come to mind again. I thought it was interesting too that only certain individuals can actually activate foreigner artifacts instead of all of humanity being able to do it. It's just specific people. Well, actually, I think in the established canon, it's that way as as well. Only certain people, you know, only certain people have the ability to activate Forerunner artifacts. That was just humanity in general. No, it's it's been established that only some people can activate uh, Forerunner artifacts. And there's a lot of people that can then. Well, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it's uh, not widespread, but there are people that cannot. Hmm. Uh, matter of fact, spoiler in one of the books you haven't read let read yet, they actually lean into that pretty hard. Okay. Matter of fact, it's uh, a point then. by the story. Okay. Then for the story, <laughs> I, I stand corrected, I guess then. Cause didn't we see, we've, we've seen chief. We've seen Anders forge, uh, Miranda Johnson. I don't know if we saw keys interact with stuff. Mm-hmm. Glassman, well, Halsey, Palmer. Technically, well, 
Last last key. The it more reacted to him than he activated. <laughs> I mean, still though. Well, it, like with Johnson and Miranda, the, they were both all the Spartan fours. They were both. They were both. The controls were unlocked by a key. Anyway, details. Yes, a lot of people in the Halo stories have the ability to activate Forerunner artifacts. But I've there are hints and comments that's in the established story that not everybody can. Okay. And I will need to catch it's up on It's kind of like that. the whole Stargate universe thing. Uh, only uh, in the original Stargate series, only a small percentage of humanity could activate ancient devices. Right. But right. they developed a gene therapy that would allow people that didn't have the gene to be able to activate the devices, the devices like so. the chair and the, the mm-hmm. face thing. Yeah. Okay. But a lot of the lower systems didn't require the genetic key to operate like the Stargate itself. Right. Yeah. Yep. So more reading for me. Okay. I'm going to say last call on anything because I know I've rambled on for extra things as well. So any final things to bring up GT for the TV show? No, I just, Good job. Yeah. Good job. I think it was a great video game adaptation and, into a TV show. And all you haters out there, get a life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I disagree with 343's position that there's a lot of similarities between the two. I do think that what they produced, or I guess what, what they technically co-produced with Showtime and whatever other studios were involved, Studio 11 or whatever, um, I thought what they made was great. Well, there is a lot of similarities between the TV show and the established canon. Canon, just none of them relate to the story. Well, canon is story, so yeah, nothing's related to the canon. But the fran- the universe itself, yeah, there's again, they use the structure of the universe, which is great. Just the lore stuff, they just kind of like, okay, we'll take these three things and we'll throw away the, the other ninety-seven. It's not like it hadn't been done before. No, no. Look at the animated series that will not be named. And, you know, they they butchered that story. That's true. And, you know, the stuff in that one was stuff they didn't need to change. Well, and, like, why did they change it? It wasn't supposed to be different. Well, I'm like I said, the stuff that they changed, there were... In the format they were delivering it, there was no reason to change it. Where, you know, in the TV show, there's a reason to change it. They're trying to appeal to a broader audience. Yep. And if they can't, then the show fails and we don't get season two. So, yeah, pretty much. So, well, thanks, folks, for listening. Um, we'll be back next week with whatever. Halo news or potentially a guest. We'll see what happens, but happy to get through the series and it was an enjoyable watch for me, for GT and hopefully for other folks out there who just get in your mind. That's a different story, but 
what you know about the game aside. And overall, we thought it was an enjoyable experience. Just enjoy what they give you. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. We'll see you all tomorrow for our Frag and Friday, if you want going to participate. Um, and I just wanted to also just take a moment here at the end to give a shout out to uh, Lane Thomas or King Louie for those that participate game nights. Um, we've been using his music for a while and just wanted to kind of throw that out there. I don't think we've mentioned him in a while. So all the uh, intro and exit music that you hear and also all of our, all the music stuff that you hear during the stream, that's his stuff. So just want to give him a shout out and also a uh, pixel flare for all of our graphics making the show nice and biffy. So thank you, gentlemen, for what you've done and continue to do. Yep. <laughs> you can see some of Pixel Flare's work right now on the stream layout and in <laughs> GT's little video there. So just wanted to give them My a little screen hider here. Yeah. See? It's nice. No, oh, okay. And- <gasps> no. Oh, okay. Let me get there for a second. <laughs> maybe, maybe I get a little button to have like blood gorgle. Have like a little like digital rain like the the screen's melting away type of thing all right well have a good night everybody keep on fragging them trucks thank you for listening to pod tackler the unofficial halo universe podcast you can find our podcast on your favorite podcasting service and listen to us live every thursday night at 8 30 p.m eastern time on twitch check out our website podtackler.com and join the community on discord at podtackler.com slash discord If you want to play Halo with us, come join us for Fragon Fridays at 8.30pm Eastern Time and Achieving Halo on Mondays at 9.30pm Eastern Time. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Become a supporter of the show by sharing the show with your friends and family. Or help keep the lights on by subscribing to us on Twitch, donating via PayPal, or becoming a patron alongside Confal, Pins Halo, and Prestige Ace. Until next time, keep on fragging trucks.